You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga bless. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another double dose of Misfits. This is season two, episodes three, no, two and three. Written both by Howard Overman and directed both by Tom Green. This first episode, episode two, premiered 11-18 of 2010, and I gave it a 9.6 out of 10. It was a really good character piece for Nathan. And as you know, he is probably one of the more eccentric characters out of the cast. So allowing for the actor to do a little bit more than just comedy, I think really made the character of Nathan so much more loved and beloved and I think when you watch the show in retrospect he is a lot more uh what's the word digestible (laughs) whereas the first time I watched this series and it was before this episode Nathan was probably the worst character for me because he was such a bully and he didn't give a shit about what anyone thought about them and in a way i guess that is commendable but also he was himself a rather overall shit person and he said some things that continue to draw that line but i can see why people love his character especially after these two episodes where it's more balanced but then you also have episode three which we will get into that turns the story on its head and gives you a whole new trajectory that's in an exciting new place let's start with episode two a man is drinking well i guess a man child i don't know how old uh what was his name i had to keep writing it down jamie was supposed to be but i'm gonna say about 18 19 He's driving to the community center and he announces to Nathan that he is his brother. He also has a man in the boot of his car, which for Americans is the trunk. Prior to this though, Nathan disgusted us all. And I do mean all of us with the exception of Kelly, who doesn't seem to mind him putting on suntan lotion just everywhere once he has divested his clothing those underwear those tidy whatever you want to call them it should be illegal to suffocate your balls like that simon's double take i think said it all jesus christ nathan doesn't require a dna test or any type of documentation he's like oh okay just word of mouth you're my brother i always wanted a brother We find out when they go for a drink that it is his dad that is in the boot of the car, duct taped, and apparently kidnapped. Nathan rings to say while he's in the bathroom, that's how we find out it's him, because his phone begins to ring. Funny story, got a brother, what the fuck, call me. But he is rather fond of the idea, even though he is not fond of washing his hands, because I have not seen it happen once and he has been in toilets a lot while cleaning the lake the team cover for nathan with the new probation worker but he sees through the brother having testicle cancer lie right away especially when kelly is ever so proud of herself by giving away the fact that they're at the pub 
Simon, him saying they should check for lumps, every time you take it like one step too far in the entire narrative. The boys, Nathan and Liam, then bond over the fact that their dad is a useless twat. And Nathan brags about banging a girl that catches Liam's eye and he has never met her a day in his life and when he even tries to approach her she tells him to fuck off he walks to the bar and orders the cheapest beer that he can afford and then witnesses from the corner of his eye his brother pulling girls left and right and somehow manages to impress the bartender enough to make her giggle after she accidentally reveals that she has a power which is to freeze things so meet frost except she's not killer frost in this universe (laughs) i wonder if anyone else is gonna say that in the feedback he gets her number when her boss correctly is like uh clean this up he says who's this cunt gets socked in the face and she's like well here's my number when they go to the car and it's gone and nathan's like uh welcome to the neighborhood basically this neighborhood is so ghetto and crime ridden it's good to know as it explains why shit continues to pop off and he's like well dad was in the boot of the car and now i'm freaking out because i saw him i wanted him to say something to me but when i went and talked to him about the fact that he abandoned me in my entire life he couldn't be bothered to turn off the telly so i popped him in the head with a toaster and kidnapped him because i was gonna get him to apologize to my mom and nathan's like that sounds like a totally rational plan but seeing the boy's distress says well come on let's go find our dad jamie's pissed that the man couldn't be bothered to speak with him or contact him all this time nathan tells him you're better off whatever delusions you have about dad lose them then they see a car smoking and jamie doesn't know if it's his car how you not know it's your car sir did you not pay for it there's a moment of panic until they realize that dad is not in this trunk of the car because it's empty and then he does indeed spot his car being joyridden by some neighborhood punks and part-time drug dealers there's some entrepreneurs there nathan says i will distract them and get them to give chase and jamie you take the car nathan walks up to them and says look you're kind of cute i'm gonna pay you a hundred quid for you to have sex with me and then i'll have sex with you and then i'll toss in some extra money if you beat my balls with a cactus and it works because they're just thinking they're gonna jack this guy because he's clearly on drugs and jamie is able to steal the car which they are thrilled about and get away until they realize that dad is indeed still in the trunk and probably not going to be happy then when they open and he sees both the boys and jamie had a smirk on his face too like it was funny Uh, they're about to get him out and it's the worst time ever to be rolled up on by the cops at the police station dad tells nathan it's complicated why he never told him about jamie he says he didn't want to hurt his mother because clearly he had an affair but nathan calls him a twat for walking out on jamie and not even bothering to contact his other kid he says some first class parenting there dad well done dad says it got harder the longer he put off going to see him 
and thus the situation they currently find themselves in as the boy showed up out of the blue he didn't know what to say to him thus the toaster and subsequent kidnapping a bit much of a reaction i must say nathan tells him you know that's low even for you but dad's like oh you act like you've never had it or done it wrong and that they're more alike than he realizes and nathan replies i'm gracefully tall and you're freakishly short and he says where do you get this stuff nathan's like i just make it up (laughs) as it goes (laughs) and he says well why don't you parent jamie right now and wonders why he never parented him but dad tells him every time he tries to work it out with nathan he throws it in his face and he goes stop changing the subject we're talking about jamie like no actually you brought up yourself dad thinks the little shit should be glad he isn't pressing charges and nathan says he wishes that jamie didn't know his father the way he doesn't know him i wish i was him then he walks away and he says yeah walking away you fucking midget and poor jamie comes out like where's dad uh he's gone don't worry about him i'm gonna be your dad now little bro and i'm gonna take you to the community center and and get you some booze and then watch you fall asleep and put a blanket over you where you slept i do not know alicia is being followed by the man in the mask or riot gear and is able to capture a video of him when he runs away at the community center simon when he sees the brothers saying goodbye to each other in the morning asks if they're now living together and nathan says yeah and he's thrilled to have a younger brother that he can teach and who will idolize him simon said teach him things like what well does he know how to dance do you well i'll get lessons (laughs) some of the banter is so funny between those two he asks if simon has any siblings and simon says yeah sister nathan thinks a trusted friend should break her in and it should be him and simon says she's 12 best to leave it a couple of years then (laughs) that's awful that's awful nathan has absolutely and utterly no home training none he will make love to a dang on um doll a mannequin that's what it was during community service alicia shows the group the video she took of the man in the mask doing parkour nathan isn't impressed although he does think that is the guy that may have saved his life alicia and kelly's facial expressions and his name is bruh like oh you didn't think to bring that shit up at all simon thinks that the man in the mask sent the note to go to nathan's grave and that they should find him but alicia says let the superhero be a superhero because who has time for that shit kelly then invites him to a party where he will bring his brother kelly also tells him that he won't be sniffing around any pussy but nathan brags that he got a number to make her jealous and it works despite her saying that she doesn't care back at the community center the boys continue to bond while nathan cooks a sandwich with a iron and he says well maybe you should go patch things up with dad nathan says there's too much bad blood between us jamie says i was jealous of you and he's like there's you know no reason for you to be jealous of me because despite him admitting that he may not have been the easiest child to raise 
he is very resentful about his eighth birthday party where he wanted to go to the zoo and dad took him to ikea where he bought so much shit that there was no room for him in the car and he left him there at ikea for three hours and he spent that time with a known bearded pedophile that brought him lunch and then jamie asked well did he no dad came back while we were finishing our ice cream but still the point is that man cared about me and would have taken me to the zoo probably would have molested you afterwards but never mind all that nathan spots dad in his car outside the community center and kind of watches to see if he'll get out and try to make amends but he drives away and doesn't tell jamie that he saw dad there at the party it's party time i would love to have a a party in the middle of a warehouse in nowhereville he introduces his bartender friend to his other friends but alicia's like he's not my friend and she has those cold powers because she was a cold bitch so she's working on it nathan is playing intermediary between her and his brother and gets her wasted jamie offers the group pills when simon says i don't do drugs he decides to drug him this is the absolute worst way to be introduced to drugs and because you don't even know it's coming you didn't volunteer to take it this is called date rape y'all jamie just date rape as if he didn't do anything to him that doesn't matter he took away his free will then it's time to turn up the brothers get to choose which girl they're gonna go after uh kelly or the bartender chick i forgot i think her name's lily with nathan after doing any mighty mo choosing kelly even though he gets the bartender chick lily and when the pills kick in kelly's power reverses where she starts to say everything that she is thinking so we get some insight into what all those looks have been about because she says you can get loads of pretty girls excuse me bitch i do not find that to be a factual statement whatsoever (laughs) five i mean as i've stated before you know nathan looks like he probably smells not the best at all times i'm not trying to shit on the person but he he has hands that are pooty hands and pooty hands are what happen when you don't wash your hands and you continue to put your hand all over your body it creates this type of sweaty uh like you got damp like i just don't subscribe to that statement is what i'm trying to say she thinks she may be shit in bed as she's only slept with four blokes he respects that but she thinks she may fucking love him but that he'll hurt her because he's a useless prick just like his dad nathan doesn't take it well and shits on her again and this is why i don't like their relationship but also kelly and her chewing that gum and talking so fast it was hilarious alicia's powers work in reverse with everyone including nathan saying hurtful things to her like calling her a skanky bitch whereas nathan can go to the future and sees himself atop a roof in what looks like a suit with a woman joining him undressing and getting frisk peace up eight town Let's go.
Simon is now visible to everyone and they are mimicking his horrible dance moves before he makes his way to the toilet because he knows that something is wrong nathan is taking a shit and his skin is touching the actual porcelain in a public bathroom i would never and he has no toilet paper why you steal my toilet paper why you steal my toilet paper and he still thinks that simon's name is barry and it's like can you help a brother out and give me some toilet paper which he does send him over a roll and that the pills did indeed do something to their powers because he was talking to kelly about it my brother may have spiked you well i know he did he then tells him to find an innocent girl take advantage of her and even fucked up simon of all people thinks that that is not okay what's clear is simon has definitely considered crossing some lines we've seen that in him and yet it's clear that nathan likely has crossed all of those lines with his advice and then he says well we just need to build up your confidence so we'll get a prostitute from the estate she doesn't look that well since the accident but she's good enough for your needs and then learns that jamie went outside with lily nathan make sure you don't get killed oh shit he did not wash his hands is what i was focused on but then i was like oh he's not immortal right now and that's not great jamie and lily are getting it on in the car and things get hot to ignited and the car goes up in flames i like the foreshadowing with the car fire earlier also this is a big thing nathan wanted to be in that car with lily for selfish reasons he allowed his brother to hook up with her instead he had immortality so could have survived this except he wouldn't have survived it in that moment so just a weird throw of the dice and how it changes nathan's perspective i think uh, has this a really big impact on his life going forward and he thinks that his brother jamie has died but he ends up showing up outside of the car nathan was saved by the guy in the mask from the car explosion and simon sees him walking away injured and follows him all the way to a flat but the man in the mask is smart and knows he's being followed and has led simon to a false lead and then escapes we know that a female lives here talking to jamie later nathan tells him about the storm and how he's immortal and that's why uh, lily had the power he didn't even warn her they <laughs> warned him that she had a power jamie says that you should patch things up with dad but he doesn't wanna and he's like well come with me i don't know what to say it's like i don't want to but he ends up going alicia and curtis are talking about that night and alicia makes light of the very deep comment that she's untouchable it's just like uh, my other power is that people are saying hurtful things to me right now it doesn't feel problematic as she's got curtis but that's why he lies about seeing himself with another woman in the future because a that's not what any girl wants to hear but b this definitely isn't the moment to tell her that and then c he doesn't know what it means he does care about alicia 
but it's hard not to be touched or want to be touched in return and uh, while curtis really does impress on her the value of being in a relationship and exclusively with someone without that physical bond it doesn't mean that you're still not gonna crave it nathan and jamie they show up at dad's but when father and son see each other they exchange punches to the face and then he's like why did you hit me i panicked don't make a big deal out of it he tells him look you wrote me off that's fine but jamie doesn't deserve this and then he starts going on about his eighth birthday and he's like i don't know what the hell you're talking about on this eighth birthday you know the 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 swedish meatballs (laughs) that's a very vivid memory for him probably because he really was terrified in that moment despite joking about it he was with a known pedophile (laughs) and if he had just taken him to the fucking zoo none of that would have happened and then he says look son jamie is dead and he died in the fire and that's when nathan finds out that yeah jamie has been dead this entire time it also explains why jamie was kind of looking a little as if he was cut and pasted into the scenes and he's like so you're dead and he's like yeah he's like um so i can fix this how do i fix this and he tells him it isn't down to you and it isn't so bad and then this is when nathan really shun giving him that emotional growth that he just lost his brother that he barely got to know jamie says i brought you here to patch things up with dad and he's like you're not just gonna erase uh years of resentment with your death and yet that's exactly what he does as he says look at him and he goes to talk to his dad and the dad admits that he went to see jamie when he was a child that the mother was asleep and that he didn't even know he was there and he felt he had to choose between him and nathan and his mom and that's what he chose he thought he was doing the right thing and admits that he was a selfish prick and that he is sorry jamie tells him do not ruin it and be a dick accept the priest's offering and atonement because you want to build this relationship with your father and he says well do you want to buy me something to eat and dad says yeah sure and then as they're having an argument about the fact that he has not passed his driver's test nathan sees jamie and lily holding hands going to the afterlife with jamie bragging that he's fucking her nathan is sad face emoji the next day at community service mourning jamie and tells kelly i see she tells him i'm sorry about your brother but you were there for him simon interrupts that moment to talk business because we need to go confront that guy in the mask they break into his house (laughs) with the guy in the mask watching from afar because it's not his house and immediately simon's like yeah something is wrong this is a girl's bedroom nathan wants to take a shit in the bed since this is what you do to your enemies according to the godfather but simon says that was a horse's head he's like well do you got a horse's head then shut the fuck up and let me do my thing they all decide to chill at the woman's table and decide what to do next but curtis says look i'm out and then we see the girl from the future ruth nega showing up it's her flat and nathan yells out anybody got some toilet paper this transitions us into episode three that premiered november 25th of 2010 
we start off with alicia walking home and she hears someone following her and then ends up being attacked by a mugger she is saved by the man in the mask who kicks the mugger's ass after he yanks off her necklace he helps her to rise touching her without her power working on him and she asks in wonder who are you i can be your hero baby i can kiss away the pain i will stand by you forever and i remember thinking at the time i first watched this like why is he following alicia around today for community service they have to go to this abandoned lot and put a whole bunch of garbage away and when the probation worker shows up in his car he says uh i'm gonna need you to put all that shit in the skip and curtis says can you dress it up a bit put all this shit in the skip please <laughs> why did he need to take out his gum to say i'm 100 percent committed to your rehabilitation and then they're like where are you going to get a coffee and a danish alicia said that was a big load of wank nathan finds a beer in a fridge and shares it with kelly which ew whom nathan will accompany getting her tattoo patched up she hears curtis saying those two trying to make it work i don't see that shit happening alicia asks simon who awkwardly picks up the bottom part of a mannequin about the guy in the mask and simon hasn't seen him since last week when they took a shit in someone's apartment and can only guess at his motivations which is unhelpful to her and she gets a little pissy about it and simon's like why are you even interested because i am nathan and simon then join kelly to go get her touch-up tattoo at vince's where both boys agree that tattooing barbed wire on your dick is against the laws of nature it's very wrong vince tries to flirt with kelly which causes nathan to be even more nathan at first wondering why the man would ink his dick to begin with instead of getting drunk and sleeping with a prostitute like any rational man would do Vince says that he did it because it was a reflection of how he felt when his girlfriend left him and that inking is a personal experience Nathan writes this off as his kink and then when he tries to ask Kelly out for a drink later on when she gets off of curfew he decides to call his tattoo girlish and saying I'm not saying you're ugly but you've looked in the mirror he says no offense and gets revenge by using his ink power to tap something onto nathan which we don't find out until a little bit later but we get an indication after nathan asks simon for a drink and to watch some wrestling and ditches kelly alicia is standing around hoping the man in the mask shows up this is what we do all of us girls when we're really into something or into a boy and we try to find any excuse to accidentally run into them this is every girl when they're insta infatuated and have lost their brain cells because just standing around all day waiting for someone to show up that's some desperate shit she's not the only one infatuated though as instead of the bar nathan invites simon to the community center and puts on some music some careless whisper 
because he wants to put his best moves on simon the man in the mask is not showing up alicia sees a dude pass and thinking well this can't hurt decides to call him a wanker to get his attention and he's like are you talking to me she's like yeah i am you ugly rat face fuck he says you're gonna get a slap she runs and when he gives chase she knocks her dumb ass out by falling down some stairs and giving herself a concussion (laughs) the things you do for love meanwhile curtis goes to see ruth nega and apologize we got the wrong flat she's like he shit in my bed he owes me a mattress and he used my pajamas to wipe himself and he's like yeah he ain't right in the head he's like well i feel like i know you and she isn't impressed with his whack-ass game and asks if they're done and he walks away butthurt the masked vigilante takes an unconscious alicia back to his base down an elevator shaft back at the community center while nathan is still trying to seduce simon he asks well what have you done lately he's like well i've purchased uh the new Battlestar galactica nathan's like well i want to talk about our first sexual experience i'll go first it was on a trip a camping trip with one of my mom's friends she snuck her hand in my tent like a friendly snake and jerked him off and then he puts his hands all over simon's leg and he's like your hand is on my leg and he's like shh then kisses him and simon tells him what the hell are you doing and he's like look um i want to have sex with you and simon leaves (laughs) he's like oh we can just cuddle we don't have to go all the way and then maybe later some dry humping favorite scene reveal ever happens next because i wasn't expecting this shit whatsoever when i first watched this season or this series so it was a big like what moment alicia wakes to a strange place and she sees a lot of clocks and photos of them the asbo group and sees the suit of the man in the mask and then you have this music swelling and you're like why do i feel like this shit is getting all types of epic right now someone is in the shower and then he turns around to reveal himself to be none other than simon for a moment i wasn't even sure when he was in the shower if i was seeing the same person because i was very distracted by those pecs and them arms and him and them joggers yeah you got that yummy yum that yummy yum that yummy he asks her how's her head and she's like uh like when did you start jumping off buildings or getting a deep cut like that and how did you start getting all of this charisma and he says since i came back from the future what do you mean she's like yeah okay and then like seriously then she's like how exactly does this work there's two of you and he says that there is one that you know the present simon and then there's me 
she says you two are very different and he says a lot happens between now and then i find it interesting that both curtis and alicia are tempted by their future spouse (laughs) and immediately rapidly become intrigued by them it's like curtis learned to stay even when it's hard and i've already talked enough about what alicia got or benefited from that relationship then i saw the height difference and it's not like the actor is really tall but she's just that short she asks about the clocks in the photos and why he can touch her and he tells her that things change things that need to happen at certain times and he is here to make sure that they do he then asks if her head hurts and she says it does and for the first time in forever it probably feels like to her someone touches her and he's touching her in a way that isn't sexual but with care and concern and some rather obvious uh l-o-v-e feels and it freaks her out and she says i have to go but not before he gets her to promise not to tell anyone especially simon that he is him simon 1.0 is telling kelly about nathan's sexual assault last night and nathan is atop the roof writing a love letter when kelly kicks him for dicking around with simon but nathan tells her he can't hide his feelings anymore for the handsome shark that is simon he loves him and he has been mean to him all this time because it is way easier to degrade humiliate and overall shit on someone that you care about instead of admit that you love them and i've been in this position uh on the receiving end of all the shitty things he's talking about and i can firmly say <coughs> bullshit i had this boy in high school tell me that well it was way past high school um but i ran into him and we had known each other and not even high school it's early grade school and he was so mean to me and then he says well i was so mean to you because i really liked you and i'm thinking well i appreciate the mental abuse that you gave me because you were insecure about admitting your own fucking feelings like an adult because <laughs> that's what that statement means and it's also why people get in abusive relationships kelly is like we do need labels though or no one is gonna know what the fuck is going on and they had this very perfect melody for all the characters for the most part about what love can do when it happens to you it's a misunderstanding brought on by a power but it's also what uh, nathan's been doing to kelly for quite some time now alicia goes to sit with simon 1.0 and gets him a drink and asks if he thinks about the future he's like girl you need to be specific ours what's gonna happen to all of us and he tells her that he does think about that all the time and that they must be prepared for the day when people find out about them because everything will change she tells him she knows that he's looked out for them and now knows to what extent he has looked out for them considering he's there for them in the future and thanks him for all that he's done even killing sally he asks why she is being nice to him and a bit you know chagrined in that moment he says she says she can be nice sometimes and then apologizes if she's ever been a bitch to him but he says sometimes it is hard for beautiful girls as no one sees past their looks and that he never thought that she was a bitch 
and for the second time in unfamiliar emotional territory she says she needs to go nathan sniffs sniffs simon in the locker room and he's holding a letter for him tells him to read it and that they'll take it slow but it's so hard when he's so cute and he's so horny and there's only these thin layers of clothes separating their genitals Kelly notices the tattoo on Nathan and mystery behavior is solved. She goes to confront Vince about it, but he simply gives her a tattoo, committing her to him. Simon 2.0 shows up and sees the fading couple of Alicia and Curtis in her room on her laptop. When he hears her come in, he hides like a moron and she spots him immediately and she asks if he is sniffing her knickers since they are on the floor i did think that high was beyond adorable as well as do you think i would risk my life through dimensions of time just to sniff your knickers i don't know did you he says no returns her necklace and she tells him he told her she was beautiful today and lately dudes well she doesn't really feel good about herself indicating she has some self-loathing and shame and simon tells her it isn't down to her as none of them asked for this she asks what he wants from her and why is he here in this time and he reveals that they are together in the future and he came back for her she's like me and you how is that ever gonna work he's like well you fall in love with me that's the first step and she tells him it's freaking her out all these declarations so he uses the power of touch until she tells him to fuck off and out the window he goes i love that little smile when he went out the window too like yeah you know i got you girl alicia then has to come into (laughs) work the next day to her boring ass relationship with curtis who's ready to go to the storeroom to have sex and she did say she wasn't in the mood and to leave it and then he kept pushing saying i know something's up what's up with your mood and then she says is this it because what we do is not sex is this my the rest of my life wanking myself off in a sore room and he says well it ain't my fault i can't touch you and that was not the right thing to say she admits maybe she does deserve all of this happening to her uh however it's his job to make her not feel like shit about it like simon is doing on all versional fronts simon 1.0 notices the tattoos on the two goobers that are in love with different people and guesses who the culprit is He's like, oh, he's cute and clever. Alicia makes her way back to Simon 2.0, who's there just waiting with his suit on. <laughs> she opened the elevator like, oh, so you knew I was coming? And she does bring up good points because she's been thinking about it all night. Like, how do I know that you're even telling me the truth? You can't just say this shit to me and mess up my whole entire life. 
I thought I was in a good relationship. Now you got me wanting more. He puts that master hug on her and then tells her, boo, I gotta go. And she's like, hold on, you gonna touch me like that and just leave? I got business to do. And then her smile of absolute giddiness is the definition of drunken love. like what am i doing he says it's gonna be all right i should know i'm from the future he is so living his best life right now because he's getting the girl of his dreams to fall in love with him he out doing superhero stuff but he's still dorky simon at the community center simon tells the kids the man has to remove the tattoos and then simon 2.0 shows up (laughs) nathan says it's him we can see that He tosses them something which Nathan assumes is a gun and the way he shielded Simon. (laughs) What the hell was you doing, Kelly? That's not how you protect yourself. (laughs) Then he picks it up, Simon, to see that it's peanuts dry roasted and he's like, all that drama, Nathan that is, all that drama, maybe he knew I missed lunch. He, Nathan that is, accurately calls Curtis out on the fact that Alicia totally dumped him. (laughs) Didn't even come back for you. To be fair, he lied about his future boo first. Because y'all met her before she knew who Simon 2.0 was. They go to the tattoo parlor. Vince is like, I'm not removing the tattoos. Kelly's going to stay here with me. Y'all guys can go. And when they're not down with that, he uses a tattoo knife to murk Curtis. <laughs> and they're like, what do we do now? And then Simon sees the nut allergy on the wall, understands why they have the peanuts. It's his kryptonite. And Nathan doesn't know what the word kryptonite means. And Curtis says, I get stabbed and you offer him a snack. And then he said, listen, 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 listen. Fuck up, fuck up, fuck up, fuck up. Get out. Get out. He got scared though. He said, drop the nuts, drop the gun. Can someone tell me what's going on? (laughs) It's Nathan. Simon dramatically rips the peanuts, but it doesn't work. And then he inks barbed wire around Simon's neck to strangle him. Nathan's like, no, my beautiful boy. He tosses a nut, Simon that is, that lands into Vince's mouth and the two are choking as Simon skirts his EpiPen and says, remove the tattoos. And then he says, inject me. And just like that, our Simon has saved the day. Curtis brings Ruth Naga some pajamas to make up for the fact that they were used for toilet paper and it's clear she is in very poor health and needs a spare heart aka a heart transplant alicia finds a video while she is in the bunker of three months in the future where she's on tv talking about her powers something simon 2.0 tells her she shouldn't be watching when he returns and he tells her picking up litter was the best time of his life and then she says is something bad gonna happen to us am i gonna die i'm not gonna let that happen She's like, so what happens now? What do you want to happen? I don't know. My mind's telling me no. But my body, my body's telling me yes. 
after a very explicit love scene the two talk about the fact that she didn't think simon was going to be that good in bed he tells her i had a good teacher she taught him everything he knows she says i've missed it i didn't realize how much i've missed it but she also doesn't she's still wrapping her head around the fact that she had sex with virgin simon because he's a virgin right now and he says well not for long and alicia asks am i the one that takes it and he's like nope and alicia gets super jealous and he is adored by her jealousy kelly and nathan not successful these two on their romantic uh attempt as they prepare to copulate nathan is awful at it and kelly realizes it's like doing it with your cousin so we're just gonna be mates he lingered in the friend zone too long and he lost his chance i think he's more hurt than she is alicia wakes up the next morning having spent the night to simon 2.0 just working out i forgot about the ankle bracelet and puts on his hoodie as she has to go back to real life and asks if they are together now he tells her yes but she has to keep seeing curtis despite her not wanting to lie to him he tells her the present him isn't ready yet and has to give him time and she says will you stop being so fucking mysterious kind of comes with the territory well it's really annoying (laughs) and he tells her to just let it play out nathan and the rest of the group are heading back out to finish their trash duty i love how the camera works where alicia now defaults over to where simon is it's actually been happening since season one i noticed it's almost like a mental separation and you don't know what's happening but nathan replies i haven't died this week and simon says it's thursday you still got time and then he doesn't let it rest there when nathan calls him a twat he's like oh you don't love me anymore we should talk about what happened (laughs) kelly brings up super hoodie i'm gonna call him super hoodie because that's what he's called and i've been trying not to say it all episode instead say the man in the mask but i'm tired and i'm just gonna say super hoodie and alicia wants to leave it which causes simon to be a little side-eyeing because she was really into finding him earlier and then nathan ends the episode just being disgusting and yeah this was uh definitely two really really good episodes that make this show really iconic this whole second season is very masterfully done and then when you get to season three it's just really a stroke of brilliance on how well they've weaved the story and you didn't realize at the beginning that there actually might be kind of sort of a point to all of this and it shows that there is some thought behind everything that you see and everything that is occurring or unfolding for our characters i can't wait to get into the next two episodes that are also two of my very favorite um i'm gonna have a hard time not saying that the rest of the season but enough about what i thought it's time to jump into the feedback
What up, Christina? It's Mimi sending in feedback for Misfits uh, Season 2, Episodes 2 and 3. I'm so happy we're in Season 2 because Season 2 is where I really started to enjoy this uh, show a lot. Um, see, don't get me wrong. Season 1 was, was, was good. Um, and if it wasn't for Season 1 being interesting, I wouldn't have even went to Season 2. But I just started to see the characters differently and it made me like them um, more. Um, Nathan is still annoying as hell, but, you know, seeing a softer side of him, uh, particularly when he found out he had a brother, that was nice. Um, Alicia, you know, seeing her, you know, put, having hard eyes for someone. Because, I mean, I know she thought she loved um Curtis but I could I can tell from the way she is in episode three that you know she really didn't know what love was uh yet um and then Simon and I'm telling you I would never in my life have guessed that Simon had a body underneath that button up I remember um seeing um I, I, I don't know how to pronounce his real name. I don't know if it's Ewin or Iwin. I'm not sure, but he's, I, I don't think he's, I don't want to say he's ugly, but he, he's peculiar looking. And sometimes strange looking people, it's, they're pretty. It's like, <laughs> it's like when you see a pug. Like to me, pugs are so ugly that they're cute. And I know that's kind of weird to ex like say, but that's the only way I can explain it the fact that pugs have those smush faces like they should be a very ugly dog but they're super cute and i feel like some people when they look they have really strong or peculiar or unnatural uh, unnatural isn't the right word unusual that's a better word unusual facial facial features or facial structures that they tend to not look a certain like a a normal way that it makes them attractive so under certain circumstances I always thought that the character Simon was cute like he would say things and he would make a face and I would be like he's cute but then he'd turn to the side and he looked weird so I never thought he was attractive until season two like oh my god like dude is fine he's still very soft-spoken and his voice is very soft and I don't think that that's attractive to me to have like a very soft low voice but definitely fine um curtis he started to become one of my favorite characters i shouldn't say favorite i started to like him a lot um you know in this season i don't want to spoil too much i don't remember everything so i probably won't spoil a lot but um just seeing him with someone besides i guess that girl sam and then alicia let's you know it, it gave him a different a different kind of depth and it made me like him um and kelly i don't know like going through this show again lets me know that i did ship nathan and kelly i don't know why but i felt like she like he was he really liked her and he just didn't know how to show it and i remember when i finally thought that they were going to get it on and like that last scene we saw where she was like we should just be mates i don't blame her i remember wanting them to be a thing so bad and every time 
Nathan would just say something. And I was like, man, she is never going to like you because you keep saying stupid shit. Oh, my God. And then when she finally like they were about to like they were making out and the way he was kissing her and the way he was like rubbing on her and pull it like pulling his hands in her clothes. I was like, ew, this is not working out for me. And I was like, I don't want them to be together anymore. And then I was happy when she said, let's just be mates because his literal fumble when it came to kissing her taking off her shirt everything about that scene was disgusting it grossed me out to the point where i didn't want them to be together anymore and it's a shame that he ruined it like that but that's honestly how i felt um so um let's just i i want to just talk a little bit about episode two because i did not remember that ending um so I know that um, they, um, Nathan's brother, that he didn't know existed, locked his brother or locked his dad in his trunk and then he found him. And then Nathan was mad, of course. And, you know, that thing played out. I did, I did laugh though when he called his dad a midget. <laughs> Just walk away with your little abnormally short legs because that's all you're good for. That scene was funny kind of rude to talk to your dad like that granted like I for one know what it's like to have a shitty parent so I don't really have sympathy for most parents because I'm a strong believer that your kids didn't ask to be here and if you didn't want kids you shouldn't have any and you know back in the day things like abortion wasn't a thing but that's that's a, a real option if you know you can't be a good parent or you're not psychologically ready to have kids don't ain't none of us asked you to have us like we literally had no choice and i always think like you think i would have picked you if i had a choice in being brought to this earth so like i said um i know it's kind of rude to to be mean to your dad but it sounds like his dad kind of deserved it and it sucks that he even said at the end you know he thought he had to choose you thought you had to choose between your sons but then the son you picked you didn't even have a good relationship with him did you even try like I feel like if you are not around your child for an extended amount of time and then you decide all of a sudden you you want to be a better parent you can't expect them to just jump on it not every child is going to be like it's like dude i when i wanted you you weren't around now i'm grown i don't need you and that's the thing i don't think some parents comprehend and then they say you know you know well you won't give me a chance why should i like you you left me when I needed you when I was a child. And now when I'm grown, you think that I'm just supposed to give you another chance. Some kids do, but you can't get mad at your child that they don't. Um, and to me, in all honesty, even like when you keep trying and they keep rejecting you, that's what you should do. That's what you deserve because you gotta, you gotta make up for what you did. And if it takes your whole life of you trying and being rejected, that's what you get. And that's, that's how I feel about that. But I'm glad he was able to make up with his dad. It sucked that it was at the cost of his brother. Um, because when they were at that rave or whatever and they took the drugs and all their powers were like doing the opposite. I honestly thought it was his brother that was doing it. But then I was like, I don't think he was around there. I don't think he lived in that area. I don't think that they live close to each other. So I was like, I don't think he has power. So I don't know 
if the drugs just have that reaction on on people i'm not i never understood how that like you know literally what was happening i think the drugs just triggered the opposite reaction in their um power um or it maybe their powers could always do that that just unleashed it because curtis jumping into the future instead of going back in the past and alicia having people hate her um simon getting all the girls attention instead of becoming a visible invisible and um and i um the girl that was a was a turned she was i guess killer frosty she uh could burst into flames like that was pretty that was a pretty shitty way to die i felt bad for his brother and then when we realized that he was dead that was sad um but hey i guess nathan can see dead people i really think like maybe it just unleashed their powers in a different way because it would make sense that they might be able to do the opposite theoretically just thinking about like time travel because the flash can go forward and he can go back so i feel like if you can like with the charms like think about the sisters like if you can freeze time you can speed speed time up or if you can you know heat something like you should be able to freeze it too because it's just speeding up slowing down anyway we'll move on from that um uh, the, the, now let's get into episode three, because this is when shit just got really real. I am probably just going to stick to Simon and Alicia because I didn't know I needed this relationship until this damn episode. When I first watched it, <laughs> I was all about, uh, Alicia and Curtis. I was like, cause I love Alicia. Of course, you know, she's probably something I would, person I would have resonated with anyway, being she's the only a uh, woman of color on the show um and she's a black woman but seeing simon like uh he like you see you see him look at her but he looks at kelly too so you really don't really ever know what he thinks but um i remember when um she got fascinated with uh, the the parkour guy flipping all over the place and he saved her the first time and i could tell she kind of had a thing for him and then when she went to go find that dude and i just <laughs> side note like i felt like that guy had a really short fuse it's like you was ready to beat her ass because she called you a wanker then she ran like i feel like that was if that's really all it takes that dude needs to get some help um he needs to go to jail or he needs to be gets a change in his medication needs to start a medication i'm not sure but then she fell down the stairs and then you know he saved her or he found like he carried her to his place um and she woke up and then she was looking for him and then they went to the shower and i swear to god the first time he turned around like i remember this like and i don't remember a lot but i do remember this i was like is that simon and I was like, why does he look so fine? Like, oh my God, look at that body. Look at his hair. Like, look at his face. Oh my God, he looks good. I was like, this can't be Simon because Simon don't look like this. Like, but this is the actor. And then I was confused. And then, you know, as he starts talking, you see. And I was like, oh my God, 
I want this relationship so bad. And then we find out that they were, they are together in the future and he can touch her. And Alicia's just sitting there starstruck, like, oh my God, everything about that reveal was the bomb. And the fact that we got it on episode three, because I feel like American TV would have made you wait till freaking episode 15 to finally see who this ninja is. But we got it like right in the beginning and that in itself was the bomb i loved every second of it and then um we find out that you know he's back he has to make sure things happen the way they're supposed to and i would assume he came back into the future he's always supposed to be like that um and then if i'm not if i'm remembering what he told alicia correctly he said something she said am i gonna die and then he said i'm not gonna let that happen so is she like she had to, is she dying in the future? I don't remember. Like I said, it was years ago that I watched this shy. So I just want you to really honestly be aware that if I say something, I really am not trying to spoil it. If I get it right, it's really just a guess because I don't remember anything. I was shocked when in episode two, when, um, Nathan's brother died and it was a ghost like I seriously forgot I was like I'm thinking he's like uh the reason everyone's powers is off because he has a power too like that was literally what I was thinking I had no idea that that fool had got blown up with that girl um so I don't remember much so if I spoil something it's not intentional it's literally me just making a theory and throwing it to the wall and see if it sticks and as you well know by now most of my theories are trash <laughs> and they never come to fruition so you don't really have to worry about me spoiling anything because i don't remember crap um and then after season two i think i watched episode one of season three and then i haven't watched it at all so after this season i don't re i i don't know anything i'll be just guessing just like you um i don't even know how many seasons there is um but I mean, that's really all I have. I know there was other things that was going on in episode three, but Simon and um, Alicia were really all I cared about. And then Simon says he, you know, he's not going to be a virgin for long. And Alicia was like, did you lose it with me? And he's like, no. And I'm like, wait, did I know that? Like, who is, who is that? Oh, really quickly. Um, the actress that is uh, playing the, the girl that, uh, Curtis like flash forward with and saw on the roof I love her I cannot remember her name but she's she's so cute I love everything I've seen her in she was in that movie loving um she's she's been in a lot of stuff but I forgot she was in this show um I think that's all I have right now I really don't remember so I'm gonna end it here um until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch Mimi me out that was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. So <laughs> sometimes we'll be going into explanation. I'll just be dying over here. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know Simon had a body under that button up. Yes, he did have a body under that button up. And you watch Game of Thrones, so you know exactly how buff that body can get. But anyways, <laughs> Ewan Rion, is I believe how you say his name girl he always been fine but yeah no he is weird as simon i get what you everything that you're putting down uh but when he came simon 2.0 he was like oh hey and i love uh, soft-spoken man i don't know what you're talking about 
and yeah it was rather an infatuation for them both i think alicia and curtis but it wasn't a defined love and i love that you pointed out that no one in this group quite knows what love is i will point out that i called my dad a leprechaun and we used to have names when we were kids like if you look at my mom and dad's phone it literally says her upstairs and him downstairs so i too laughed when he called his dad a midget (laughs) Um, but it was also clear that his dad didn't know what to do how to repair that relationship um but i get what you're also saying about hey if you screw it up that's uh, you know people don't ask to be born and then you screw their lives up and then they be all insecure for the rest of it the drugs did reverse their powers um everyone in the club didn't have powers and i think if jamie had known that they had powers maybe there would have been a conversation about drugs and their powers this is kind of like something that happened to him no one knew that this could happen to him um i think that like i think he referenced umbrella academy i think you referenced something else but i'm going to reference umbrella academy about how their powers are one way and yet they can't they have the capability of doing so much more i think to me that analogy kind of explains them they don't want to use their powers they don't want to be super heroes so they're not going to invest much into what their powers can do they're more of a burden but yes definitely this experience taught them that for some people like uh what is his face curtis it's a benefit but everyone else or for for uh simon it was a benefit but everyone else didn't seem to have a benefit for them hi you did say killer frosty so happy i got a flash reference and it wasn't that he she just called him a wanker she called him an ugly rat face fuck and i don't know about you but (laughs) that's a whole lot of damage to one's ego and he's like bitch i'm just minding my own business and yes i too love ruth nega one day we're gonna do preacher that's that's in the bucket list for all of us to do and yes my shipper heart went insane episode three i too did not know i needed it to happen until it did so let's go to last but certainly not least our version uh viewer here queen shy hello christina it's me shy i'm here to talk about this crazy two episodes of misfits episode two and three and all i can the only takeaway i can express is wow i did not see that coming I did not see any of that coming. I was like, uh, excuse me? (laughs) Oh, wow. That was definitely a twist that I would have never predicted. I would have never, in a million years, I would have never predicted that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, y'all got me on that one. Um, So, yeah. But uh, I'll... uh, (laughs) right we got episode two um this is the one where nathan's brother half brother shows up out of the blue and announces hey i'm your brother i like how he asked nathan asked like a couple of questions and then he's like okay you're good to go i'm like is it that easy you know just have some stranger just show up 
Um, yeah, first of all, I don't even know how he even even knew where to go, but whatever. But just show up at the, <laughs> at the community center and say, hey, I'm your brother. And, you know, Nathan is so casual with it. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're just accepting this. At first, I didn't know how to take the brother because I'm like, is this a bad dude that's, you know, kidnapping and murdering or whatever? And then, um, obviously, we see as time goes on that he, along with Nathan, has a bunch of daddy issues. And I like it how um, the actor that, that plays Nathan, I think his name is Robert Sheehan, Sheenan, Sheehan, um, ha- plays the same type character. It just, it was like the parallels are just uncanny between Nathan and Klaus from the Umbrella Academy um both got daddy issues both are eccentric and over the top and you know sexually promiscuous (laughs) the best way of course one is all about the dudes and one is all about the girls so i will give him that man he he plays he plays this type of character very well um (laughs) obnoxious funny you know all the annoying all the above so um so yeah this one's about that and him bonding with his brother over their mutual abandonment by the father um dad had an affair and ended up with jamie um what else happened in this one sorry my brain is still on episode three so um what happened in episode two i enjoyed episode two as well but episode three just blew my mind i'm probably gonna mix the stuff that happened in episode two with episode three what happened in three and two i've you know done that before so um yeah try to separate them but uh probably not because like i said um episode three stands out to me um we see that alisa is fixated with the guy in the mask i will say that i was um you know like wondering when we're gonna get the reveal on this one like how long they gonna keep us hanging excuse me and finding out who this guy is and what he's about because um yeah he's been Hang around for a minute. One day, one thing I'm really curious about is any of them have like jobs. I mean, <laughs> outside of the community, I'm like, how are they living? The only um character that we seem to get more of a backstory on is Nathan. You know, we know about his mom, mom's boyfriend, dad. Now he has a half brother. We really don't get that type of a uh, story with the other, uh, the other four. So. Um, it's hard to, you know, know what the heck they do outside of getting into a whole lot of hot mess or hot mess, uh, hot water. Um, when it comes to just end up killing people and dead people just show up, I mean, not show up, but come end up, uh, being in their midst. So, yeah, um, yes, then we see that. Jamie's uh pops some pills and everyone's powers are reversed um so 
instead of Kelly hearing people's thoughts, she's, you know, she's got vomit of the mouth, so to speak. And oh yeah, instead of Alicia, everybody being turned on by her, they're they're repulsed by her. And instead of Simon being uh, invisible, everyone's looking at him. So I thought that was neat to get the opposite of their powers. And I like how Simon, he's always the protective one in the group. You know, the rational one, the one that's looking out for everybody, the one that tries to, you know, keep everyone together and, you know, you know, gather the troops, so to speak. So, you know, when Nathan, um, when he realized he was spiked, uh, when Nathan told him, he's like, and they realized that they're opposite of the powers, He's like, don't, like, don't get killed out there. <laughs> you know, he realized that, you know, Nathan is, the opposite of that is Nathan is not immortal. So, that he's looking out for him. So, he really is the protector of the group, um, trying to look out for them at all times. Um, I thought that was sweet. So, I'm definitely happy that they dialed down his creepy factor that he had going on in season one and definitely episode three took it to a whole new level of you know dialing it down i was so grossed out with nathan um toasting his sandwich with the iron i'm like he is so extra man so extra um and that was sad about Jamie. Um, I, that that was a good twist for me because I didn't. I actually did think he escaped, and so that was sad to find out that um, you know we find out about Nathan's new power, you know, while finding out that his brother actually died in that fire. So that was sad. Um, I teared up a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. And what else? You know, Nathan and his dad, I guess they're going to work on their relationship um, due to this traumatic experience. Now, let's get on to the episode of the week for me. This one I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I chalked this up as my favorite because it just threw me for a complete loop. It had me dying. I was cracking up. Nathan was a hot mess in this episode. I was like, oh my gosh. When the tattoo guy uh, <laughs> uh, switched up his, I guess, uh, his libido um, to want to be to be attracted to Simon I just thought that was so hilarious that scene in the community center when he they were playing careless whisper and Nathan is dancing behind him I'm like oh my god I can just imagine Simon thinking that they're hanging out and you know finally you know we have some one-on-one buddy time not understanding that Nathan is under the spell and he was just so freaked out and weirded out by what Nathan was doing. Oh my gosh. And he was like, um, <laughs> he's like, I got out of there very quickly <laughs> to Kelly. That was hilarious. Um, what else? Outside of the, the obvious that happened that we'll definitely talk about. 
Um, yeah, then we have Alicia being, you know, very curious about this mask guy. And um, when she finds out that she can touch him, and she was very intrigued. So she, she, uh, you can see her, her interest in him uh, going up. And, uh, well, she puts herself in harm's way so that the masked dude would come rescue her, which he does, but not before she knocks herself out. And then we have the big reveal. I'm not going to lie. You know, of course, y'all know how my feelings about Simon, you know, thought he was creepy and all that good stuff. And I even talked about they dial down the creep factor in the first episode of this season so I was happy about that however I was not prepared (laughs) to see Simon turn around in that shower and (laughs) I was I'm not gonna lie there 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 was some sexiness going on there I I I was I was (laughs) I was intrigued um so for me, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but yeah, I, I, I felt it. I felt the sexiness. I felt the chemistry. And I'm like, that came out of nowhere. That came out of left field for me. Because I would have never pictured him and Alicia together. I would have never thought of that at all. And so to have that twist happen, it's crazy. And then to find out he's from the future, he's come back to save her. Oh my gosh, you talk about love story (laughs) and time travel. Now, you know, this is my wheelhouse. When you start throwing in time travel, you start throwing in all that crazy time loopy shenanigans. I'm all in. So, yeah, I wasn't expecting time travel to be part of this show. Um, So that also threw me for a loop. And then again... (laughs) Alicia and Simon threw me for a loop and then her fascination with him and you could tell that she was into him and you can I felt the chemistry like it's, it's amazing how as soon as this happened it's like wow yeah this makes sense it made sense to me at least and so you can see her being nervous and kind of like freaked out, but at the same time, you know, drawn to him. And so I know it has to be weird. I'm just trying to imagine you seeing the future version of a guy that when the present version you didn't think of in that way whatsoever. And yet this future version is turning you on, it's sexy, and has swag and confidence. So that just tells you what confidence can do to a person. Just that alone, that can change um, your perception of a guy. Confidence goes a long way. And it's interesting how when that focus that Simon has is channeled in the right way, that it just, it, it, comes across different like his focus is all about her he's all about her and all about you know um being with her and that that just oh you know that just tugged at the heartstrings so yeah they dialed down his their creepy 
factor and then they channeled it in a way that was you know very sexy and very um yeah I was loving it and I'm not gonna lie that sex scene was hot that was sexy and the way he came up to her and was like you know what do you want and I was like wow that's confident Simon yeah yeah I'm 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 here for confident Simon for future Simon the other stuff the tattoo guy that was <laughs> that was the comedy in this one I will say how they took him down was a little bit <laughs> like uh that was a little over the top you know Simon flipping uh flicking a nut into his mouth a peanut into his mouth I'm like okay that was so random the most I don't know that was just like the most random way to take down uh, the bad guy is that way but yes Nathan had me dying then Kelly had me dying and I just love her expression she's just so like <laughs> I don't give a shit uh, when she's talking so um what else well that's pretty much it um like I said the Simon and Alicia thing really threw me for a loop so that's at the forefront of my mind out of these two episodes I'm very curious how that's gonna play out um so we know that in whatever future Alicia is supposed to die he's coming back to save her so I'm not looking forward to that I'm kind of scary scared about what's that about um what else oh yeah Nathan um the meeting that that girl uh that poop <laughs> Nathan pooping in on her bed <laughs> so I'm curious about that so Curtis uh, found himself a woman that has intrigued him so trying interested to see how how that plays out so I'm assuming Alicia and Curtis is gonna break up soon because Alicia is all all she's sprung she's all up on Simon at this point and Curtis is intrigued by this other girl so excuse me um that's all I got so I will leave it at that thoroughly enjoyed it um had my WTF moment with that um shower scene um and yeah loved it loved it so until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy that was queen shy with her thoughts on the episode so few notes i'm so glad she loved it and i'm glad it was a surprise i knew it would be and i'm glad something that mimi pointed out they didn't wait forever for this reveal they busted it out on episode three yes because it's only like seven episodes (laughs) but that's the benefit of having a shorter season you ain't got time for bullshit so um they're living situations that's a good thing they do a lot of the the character work like i would say nathan definitely got more story arc than anyone else and then when you get into some further seasons yeah people get more attention than others there's one cannot deny that and nathan certainly was 
the star of character growth on this show but there are some subtle things um we've seen kelly at home she lives alone for the most part i'm guessing all of these live with their parents so and the reason why when you're in britain there's two transitions in your life living at home and then living with your significant other there is no middle ground (laughs) there might be moving in with some mates in a flat somewhere but yeah usually most people just stay at home with their parents past uh until they're like 27 28 30 i don't know real britons can tell me this is what i pick up from the culture is that you know it's not so out of the realm like we're at 18 trying to get the fuck out and they're like yeah why would we want to do that (laughs) we're pretty chill at home we don't have terrible relationships or uh you know a constant conflict with our parents growing up they're like yeah um family means uh, is a different type of incorporation the family than we have but from what i pick up alicia lives with her dad because she talks about borrowing his car in season one she never mentions her mom simon has a sister and parents but he's neglected from his parents neighbors he's very much treated like the the special kid nathan is homeless which you know and then kelly like i said i think she actually lives alone but none of them work because they all have criminal records <laughs> and then curtis we saw him in his bedroom so i'm not sure if he lives alone but i'm gonna guess he probably lives with a, fam- a family member because as i as you pointed out none of them do work but then they can't because they have to go to community service every day so that's their quote-unquote work and then uh yeah this simon this episode was really about simon and alicia i mean these <laughs> they took front and center of the things i cared about in this show but like mimi said there were a lot of elements that I already like and i still love how they use everyone's power and i was in freaking tears at that scene in the thing where he was yelling back and forth <laughs> nathan's bleeding out and then you just have kelly's being like he's so he's just so hot <laughs> i mean everything about that scene i was just dying about and he had these problems because he couldn't get over his ex so he said you know no one's gonna leave me so uh, no i loved it i loved it um and then the last thing i wanted to point out was our last point was that you know you mentioned that they're dialing down simon i wouldn't even say dialing down the first season they're supposed to be the way they are they're not great people i mean if you want to put it in all perspective and all funniness alicia raped several men before (laughs) and we don't hold her to that account in the same way of simon's really creepy yeah simon is really creepy and alicia is a, a rapist these are the facts and i think that yeah um when they were first uh uh, being introduced to us they were not on the right paths they they didn't have the opportunity to know each other to become friends that alters their path of you know not only what they teach each other but their overall friendship and how that changes the trajectory of all of their relationships and he does get close to to kelly you know um and just a friendship type of way i don't think he ever looked at her in a that kind of way i always think he peeped he was looking at um at at alicia in that kind of way and that goes back to like lucy peeping out like oh she didn't be like oh let me go get kelly she went right for alicia because she knew that was the girl that he is looking at a little bit more than everyone else so 
still wasn't surprised i will say that much i would just argue it wasn't dialed down as much as he evolved he grew as a person he didn't need he he was very close to being on the line of no simon no even though he did do the most innocent crime of everyone even though it was kind of sort of arsel arson but you get my my gist i can't wait till you catch up on the next uh two episodes they are definitely a doozy and yes time travel and how they use it in the show is very interesting so if you want to join in the conversation you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com you can find this podcast black girl couch reviews on podbean stitcher itunes and wherever else good podcasts can be found my social media will be below remember to like share subscribe and if you have time run over to itunes rate the podcast leave a review until next time peace hair grease and black girl magic